Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the WFNY Corner Caps, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at the Cleveland Guardians baseball team and farm system. Presented to you by the WaitingForNextYear.com network of podcasts. Here are Gerbs, Mitch, and Ethan. Hi, everybody. You're listening to The Corner Cast, one of Waiting for Next Year's podcasts about the Cleveland Guardians. We're, as always, brought to you by Breaking Tea, where you can get sweet deals on a surprisingly diverse medley of Cleveland garb. Seriously, there are so many to choose from. Personally, I'm a fan of uh, the Loop There It Is t-shirt, despite the fact that uh, my hero, Jordan Luplo, is no longer even in Cleveland on the Guardians. But if you're a normal person, uh, or even if you're a super fan, you might prefer the Josh Naylor All the Smoke shirt or Jose Ramirez Home Run Pitch. Uh, check those out at breakingtea.com backslash WFNY. That's breakingtea, the letter T, dot com backslash WFNY. Anyway, with that out of the way, I'm Mitchell Crawl here with Ethan Forness and uh, Joe Gerbery. Uh, greet your adoring fans, both of you. Hello, adoring fans. Feels like it's been so long since it's been all three of us. It has been a while since it's been all three of us. I'm excited to uh, have everybody here. And I I wanted to let uh, Mitch uh, let Mitch cook here. So, Yeah, no. Uh, I was... You, you probably are wondering why you're hearing me host this instead of Gerbs' wonderfully booming yet comforting baritone fill up your ears. Uh, well, you know, we're trying to work on our positional flexibility here. Uh, we don't want to end up a bunch of Ahmed Rosario's playing short, and we shouldn't be. Uh, so the result of that is you're stuck with me guiding this podcast, so I hope you're prepared for a lot of stats. Uh, anyway, um, how does it feel to be in the passenger seat, Gerbs? I am uh, I am cushy back here. I have uh, a beverage. I have a water. Um, we are enjoying not driving the boat tonight, so... <laughs> Yeah, what else do you need besides those things? You got a fan on you? I have an air conditioner in the window, so that's working. Uh, as long as the dog doesn't bark, I'm good. Nice, nice. Well, let's hope the dog doesn't bark. How you doing today, Ethan? I'm doing all right, man. It's nice to be back, just the three of us. Yeah. <clears throat> it feels like we've uh, kind of lost touch with everything that's been going on in every one. So. Yeah, no doubt. I um. You know, it, my school year is over. I'm on an eight-week break. So, like, I'm living the you. life. Yeah, I'm relaxed. I am, you know, going to work nine to five and uh, coming home. And it is wonderful. I, I understand why people like, you know, nine to five jobs. Um, I didn't realize the, uh, the joy of a nine to five because I had always worked food service and retail. And now that I have one, I'm like, how did I live that life for so long? Yeah, you can just like take your, you don't have to take your job home with you. You can just, that's that. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Guardians play baseball. They are a team that we root for. That is what this podcast is about. And since we last recorded, the Guardians won a series in Baltimore, two games to one. Uh, 
before splitting a doubleheader with Texas at home. Uh, as we speak right now, we're in a weather delay. Cleveland's up 4 nothing in the top of the fifth. Uh, Shane Bieber's pitching a dandy, but unfortunately he won't get to see it through. Uh, so as it stands right now, their record is 25-26. and 26. How do you guys feel about that record? Where do you think we'd be? I would be happy being around 20, uh, around 500, you know, uh, at this point in the year, if you had asked me beforehand, that's, you know, probably where I, f- I figured the team would be. I, I, uh, kind of hope that the offense would be a, a little bit more sturdy, sturdy isn't the right word, steady, a little bit more, uh, gosh, darn, I can't think of the word that I'm thinking of, but. Just a little bit more continuity out of it, as opposed to the ups ups and downs that we've had. But that's kind of where we're at. So, yeah, it's a young team. Why about you, Ethan? Maybe it's just because I have no sense of reality with everything that's been going on with all these rain delays. But I don't know. It feels in my mind like they're finally starting to put some of those key pieces together. The pitching's really come around the last. 15 to 20 games or so, uh, especially Shane Bieber. But the offense is still kind of kind of touch and go, but it's been nice to see that Andres Jimenez and Josh Naylor are sustaining what they've been doing. Owen has been slipping of late, but still has a couple of clutch hits. Ahmed Rosario is heating up. So it just feels like some of these puzzle pieces are starting to fall into place. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I mean – you're right that the offense feels inconsistent, but it's been better this year than it was last year. Like last year was tough. That they're at least scoring runs this year, and and it'd be nice if they were more consistent from game to game. I do agree with you there. But anyway, um, you know, now that I'm host, I figured why not institute some new segments into this podcast? That's what we need segments. Uh, so I am introducing the stars and scrubs of the week, where each of us pick one star and one scrub of the last week to discuss. Pretty, uh, pretty intuitive. Um, who, who wants to go first? Gerbs? I am good to start off. I, uh, I, out of the, uh, couple suggestions that, uh, Mitch had made, I went with Oscar Gonzalez, the OG. Um, the, uh, triple slash line of his last 24 plate appearances, 304, 333, 391 um still no home runs as of yet uh uh for the big club um being that he had 18 last year in triple a um and 30 and 13 in double a you know so 31 in a in a full calendar year um between the two um to not have one at all up in cleveland at this point is a little uh saddening but he's been putting he, he's been putting away the doubters as far as his contact ability um and and his his k rate is great um again last year in triple a 24.9 um double a 18.1 um k percentage he's only striking out 11.1 percent of times of hearing uh, with the with cleveland and um when he came up, everybody was thinking this is basically a non-prospect, and um, I even mentioned in our um, in our Discord that once 
Nolan Jones is healthy um, and and producing, that he should be getting the Oscar Gonzalez at bats and and chances. But truly, um, Gonzalez is, is performing in a way that uh, it makes it look like he's he's as legit as possible. Um, it's still really early in his progression. He's only played in eleven games, only had forty five total plate plate appearances. I don't think he's played anybody twice yet. So I don't know that he's had any, he hasn't gone around the league enough to struggle to have adjustments made to him. But um, for, like I said, somebody who was coming in as a non-prospect, this is as good a start as any that we could have ever hoped for seeing out of uh, Gonzalez. Yeah, no doubt. I love the OG nickname. Uh, but with one thing that I thought of when you were taught, you know, he just puts good wood on the ball. Like, you can just rely on Oscar Gonzalez for Goodwood. What do you guys think of like as a secondary nickname, Oscar Goodwood Gonzalez? There's there's some there's some different connotations that could be drawn. <laughs> Even just looking at but, me, you know, <laughs> my mind jumped to uh, a certain meme floating around one Cleveland Cavalier J.R. Smith that circulated between 2015 and 2017. So. We might be getting a little bit spicy in the corner cast. Yes. Uh, yes. That's not where I was going to go with it. I I was going to go with the old uh, scout uh, jargon. I don't know if you guys listen to the Ringer NF, uh, fantasy podcast, but they do. They did uh, two uh, two jargons and a lie, and they did like little like scout sayings and stuff like that. But I always I feel like Oscar has. Uh, the the ball just sounds different off his bat, kind of yeah. a kind of a feel to him where it's it's absolutely unquantifiable, and there's no way that you can make that be something. But he definitely has that kind of a, a appearance to him and that uh, that ability where it, the ball just just sounds different, kind of off his bat. Yeah, it's the Goodwood man. It's the good anyway. Oscar Goodwood. Oscar Goodwood Gonzalez. <laughs> He's Goodwood Gonzalez. It works. Goodwood Gonzalez. It is an alliteration. It rolls off the tongue. Goodwood Gonzalez. It's a thing. All right, Ethan, who's your star of the week? First, uh, I think we're all doing ourselves a disservice by not mentioning the fact that Oscar Gonzalez's walk-up song at home games is the SpongeBob theme. So, if you two yeah. didn't talk about that last week, then we need to mention that for those that are not aware. <laughs> I have not told my wife this, and we are going to the game on Sunday, and so I pray that Oscar is in the lineup for when he come for when he comes up, and she's just completely blindsided with the uh, SpongeBob theme. So, honestly, want, a good prank. that's a good prank. I want video of you and the kids yelling back to it. Oh, yeah. the kids are not going with us. This is a mommy oh. and daddy trip. So, but uh, it's it, it will be uh, it will definitely be an enjoyment that I will get on film for you, Mitch. <laughs> Ethan, who's your star? I was just going to say Oscar is one of those guys that I really hope I'm wrong about. Kind of buying into the profile of the Bob Bradley type of three true outcomes kind of guy is going to strike out a lot, hit a lot of home runs, not much else. But he's hit safely in now 11 of 12 games with the limited action tonight. He does have a hit. He's drawn a walk before he's hit his first career home run, and he's a doubles machine at the moment. And with the amount of fun he's been, I want to be wrong about him. I want him to stick around because it's been an enjoyable 
12 games. But I'm going to pivot. And if you listen to this podcast enough, you know by now that I am a big fan of everyday Andres. Jimenez did not get as much love in the lineup that I would have liked the last week. I think he sat two games. They faced two lefties. I still really don't enjoy that they're platooning him at all. Yes, he is worse against the lefties, but he's 23. He's never going to learn to hit them if you don't give him the opportunity. And I would argue the team is significantly better off with his glove in the field, even if he's going 0-4. Besides the point... Andres still racked up 18 plate appearances this week. He slashed 375, 444, 813. He hit two bombs. He's going to get a plaque on Utah Street in Baltimore for one of them, 418 feet to the warehouse. That thing one-hopped and hit the warehouse across the street from Camden Yards. He's he's seeing the ball really well. When I was on the podcast last, I know I took last week off, Gerbs asked me, Andres had been slumping a little bit. I think his batting average dipped into the mid-280 range. He asked if I was seeing anything differently or, you know, was he trying to do too much? What was going on? And same answer I gave then as I'll give now. He steps up to the plate and his approach is the same every single time. And I think that's been a huge part of his success this year. And now it is my turn to announce him as star of the week. And since the voting is open, to encourage you to vote Andres Jimenez to the all-star game as a second baseman. He is one of the best in the American League statistically. He's a young star. He's really making a name for himself this season. Yeah. Do I hear uh, no more everyday Andres? How about all-star Andres? Hey, man, that nickname is going to stick even harder if he makes it, especially as a 23-year-old and being platooned. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on his platooning. I'm completely with you there. So other stars of the week that I had listed here, uh Ahmed Rosario who's batted 27 times in the last uh week he has nine singles and 18 outs no walks no doubles no homers just nine singles 18 outs um <laughs> I wonder how rare that is uh, I can't be it's one of those rare. things where it's like I don't it, it can't be that rare but it does it feels like it should be yeah singles are the most common hit I, right I, I wonder how long someone has gone with only either singling or getting out? That's actually a good question for the Effectively Wild podcast, who I would like to call a friend of the pod, but they don't know me, so. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Ahmed Rosario, good good choice for start of the week, runner-up. Eli Morgan, four games, five innings pitched, struck out six, walked one, two hits, no runs. He came in that big spot when Sam had just looked a little uh, off, and he got two pop-ups. Um that was incredible. I love, uh, I love how uh, intense he is on the mound, um, and his changeup is uh, ungodly. Uh, and and finally, Connor Pilkington. He had that one game last Wednesday. Technically not in the window, but I thought it was worth mentioning. You mean uh, Connor with a Connor with a K? Connor Pilky, with a K. Exactly. Pilky smooth. Pilky smooth. Pilky and smooth. The, the reason it's worth mentioning is because he could have pitched in yesterday's game two of the doubleheader. He should have pitched yesterday in the game two of the doubleheader. We still don't know as to why he did not pitch yesterday in game two of the doubleheader. Not even a piggyback situation. So I put him in there just to bring up the fact that he was available. It was his turn in the rotation. And yet they uh, put in a scrub of the week hidden mention instead. Kirk McCarty. It's not really fair to Kirk. Um, He's not really a major league pitcher, but 
It's more to say, why did they not start Connor Pilkington? He was so good. Anywho, my star of the week is the last possible option. If you haven't figured it out, it's uh, Cleveland Guardians is Shane Bieber, who in his last start uh, went seven innings, gave up two runs on three hits, but they were both um, inherited runners that relief pitcher let score. Uh, he struck out 11 while walking only two, and he got 23 whiffs, which was a season high at the time. Although tonight, it looked like he was going to match that potentially um, before it got rain shortened, but he also looked quite good tonight. And in both games, in both last start and today, he threw more sliders than fastballs. I think he calls them a cutter, but StatCast calls them a slider, so that's what I'm going to call them. Um, anyway... In that game, he threw just a couple more sliders than cutters. Or sorry, sliders than fastballs. But in today's game, he threw 29 sliders and only 17 four-seam fastballs. Uh, so almost twice as many sliders. It basically is his primary pitch now. That's what it seems like. That's the adjustment it seems he's made. And there's a pitcher that he's emulating that I think uh, is kind of proof of concept. One, Clayton Kershaw, the future Hall of Famer for the Dodgers uh, underwent a similar transition uh, from being a fastball dominant pitcher to a slider dominant pitcher. And he revitalized his career by doing so. Obviously the best case scenario would be Shane Bieber picks up velocity. That's not, you know, we can't count on that, but what we can count on is him throwing his best pitch uh, the most. And that is his slider. So bravo Shane Bieber. You are my star of the week. Um, Anyway, Ethan, you want to kick off the scrubs? Oh, I suppose I can, because the scrubs, my scrub at least, is what is causing our current headache and why Shane may not tie or break his swing and miss record, which, for the record, he was up to 11 so far tonight before the weather hit. Uh, if they do resume this game, I assume after an hour plus of sitting, his day is done. But you did mention the slider, Tonight, he had thrown 29 sliders to just 17 forcing fastballs. Uh, slider usage accounting for 54% of his pitches this evening. He resulted, he drew eight whiffs on the slider of his 11. So, reinventing himself on the fly, you touched on exactly the pitch that he's turning into his new bread and butter. His fastest fastball tonight was 91.5. So, Bieber is using his still elite command and his breaking pitches to be the same old Shane Bieber that we've known. But because his night is done, my scrub of the week, and this is more commentary on the entire season so far, is you, Mother Nature. These rainouts are getting old. Feels like every homestand that it's ruining something. And we've got guys out of rhythm. Quantrill hadn't started in a week, I think, before his last start, and he showed that rust in the first two innings before managing to go seven. And Bieber has been bemoaning that he's a rhythm guy and that it was a big part of him not pitching, you know, twice a week sometimes, that he was really off. There just needs to be a break. And tonight, specifically, they call the weather delay when the weather was fine that led to the game being called with two outs before it could be called an official game. So I don't know what's going on with that, but it feels like the team might catch a break for the month of July, but with scheduled double headers ahead, thanks to the lockout and all of the double headers that are going to be coming down the latter part of the season, 
this rotation's never going to get in rhythm because they're going to have guys pitching out of turn or they're going to have spot starts or they're just going to keep adding up and it just doesn't feel like this Cleveland team can catch a break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, no, I totally hear that. And, uh, you know, just this week, I mean, Monday and today affected by rain. Um, Yeah, I think you you mentioned this. I think every homestand has had at least one rain out except for a three-game series. That was the entire homestand. Um, So... Uh, fans have left the ballpark oftentimes disappointed and or wet, and that is not what you want during baseball season. Sometimes um, both. Yeah, sometimes both. I mean, maybe often both. Um, anyway, um, Gerbs, you want to go? Go with your uh, scrub? Yeah, we can go with mine. Um, I also wanted to – I was uh, talking with Mitch in the pregame uh, were, uh mentioned on just – Finishing up on Bieber, we, we've talked about it, but uh, Codify Baseball had a, a pretty good tweet. Um, Bieber in 2020, 66% fastballs over 92 miles per hour. So that was two years ago. In the two years since, 21 and uh, 22, 2022, uh, 0% fastballs over 92 miles per hour and 58% breaking balls. Um, they, he had, they had obviously put a... Uh, gif from rob friedman the pitching ninja of his uh curve and slider but they were just mentioning how his tools have changed and that's what they were uh highlighting but i just wanted to promote codify baseball if you guys are stat fans like we are go and give them a follow on twitter since uh i like that tweet but my scrub of the week um mentioned here is josh naylor um over last week 20 plate appearances uh i think he was actually was he sitting today or was he no Owen was sitting today. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, he's just uh he hasn't been as powerful with the bat. Uh 176 average over uh this last week. 300 on base. So he's getting on he's getting on at a pretty good clip commiserate to his batting average. He it's just weighed down right now because he's not making good enough contact to get hits. But um 20% K rate, a little bit higher than what we like seeing out of Josh um, kind of, this kind of just looks like what it was before he started getting it together last year um, before the injury. Um, but it, it, what we, what you want to see out of Naylor out of Josh is um, that contact ability, but also adding in that power. And it seems like right now he's possibly trying to sell out to power and and just not getting the the good contact that he is capable of doing um obviously the 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 heightened k rate over the last um couple of games uh 15.3 on the season so he's he's overperforming those numbers right now or underperforming rather um and just getting away from that but his his walk rate like i said is a 15% 
seven point six on the on the season. So he's seeing the ball well. He just seems to be missing it. So it that that to me is reads as somebody who's trying to blast the ball. You know, he do one of those lasso swings where he's trying to rope it over the uh, over the fence and just not making the con the hard contact that he's capable of doing. Um, love to see more of Josh. Uh, Bodie had a tweet uh, out today asking who uh, fans thought that uh, should be the first baseman of the future, and Naylor was the overwhelming um, winner of that. And I definitely see it. Um, there's obviously, um, with his contact rate, with his just raw power, he's he can be that prototypical first baseman that we see. Um, you know, we're used to seeing the uh, the Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas ish, you know, kind of a guy, but um, it's uh, it's right now he's just in a little bit of a, of a struggle. Would like to see him just get back to that contact, uh, contact bat. And he did go two for two tonight before it got uh, delayed. So, that yeah, those were a couple, uh, there's a double mixed in there too. So, um, that's nice. I think he had two singles. He might be, I, I thought he, I, I remembered a double too, but it must have been, I mean, uh, Andres Jimenez hit a double. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, anyway, before I uh, reveal my scrub of the week, I uh, will go through the honorable mentions real quick. We have a duo of pitchers here who both pitched, uh, who both started rather uh, this week and gave up a trio of homers. That's Tristan McKenzie and Kirk McCarty. Uh, you know, obviously Tristan McKenzie's outing was not great, but he went seven innings and like, that's still strong that he was able to eat that many innings after giving up early runs. Uh, Kirk McCarty a little less so, but we also expect a little less of him. Um, you know, I think it would have been mean spirited to pick Kirk McCarty as the, the scrub of the week. I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, a, he's a career triple a guy. who's kind of getting his opportunity in the majors and it would be mean spirited. Uh, Tristan, I do expect more of, but he wasn't that, that bad. Uh, Owen Miller, Similar to Josh Naylor, just not having the results you want. 182, 308, 227. Uh, just not getting those results. But who's even not who's not getting those results even more is uh, Cleveland superstar Jose Ramirez. He is my quote-unquote scrub of the week. Uh, his batting line in the last seven days is 136, 268, 318. Uh, one homer. Uh, he has a 100 Babbitt. And uh, over this time where he is performing so poorly, he is walking 15.4% of the time and striking out 3.8% of the time. So even Jose Ramirez at his absolute worst still walks like almost four times as much as he strikes out. Um, yeah, actually more now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, uh, it, Jose Ramirez is incredible. And I just wanted to pick him as my scrub of the week to point out like, it takes a 100 BABIP uh, to make him bad. And he hit a line drive to right center field that Sam Huff – no, Sam Huff's the catcher. Who's there? Eli White made a ridiculous guy. Yeah, yeah, Eli White. Eli and, White robbed him twice yesterday. Yes. And then to left, he uh, he made a less incredible but still great catch to rob him in the left center field gap. Uh, that's the difference between a 100 BABIP and, and a pretty higher BABIP. Not super high, but – you know, over the course of a week, that would affect it significantly. Eh. So, 
even if it feels like, oh, Jose Ramirez, he hasn't been doing much lately. Even in his bad times, he is walking, like, you know, 15% of the time and almost never striking out. So bravo, Jose Ramirez. Uh, even your scrub weeks are better than almost anyone could be. Um, anyone have anything to say about Jose Ramirez before we move on? Well, like we mentioned last week, Mitch, um, if they're going to continue to walk him, just let him walk. I, I mean, you know, obviously you want him to get bat to ball, but it, if, like you, uh, like you so eloquently put it, you have a hundred percent chance of not getting him out if you're going to walk him. You have it, oh, well over a. 50 you know, almost a 60 percent chance of getting him out if you actually pitch to him so why not give him some pitches to hit yeah he's gonna hurt you more with doubles and and some home runs and stuff like that but you know if they want to walk him let him you know just let him get on base let the guys be and behind him cook and and you'll see a lot you'll probably see a lot more positive stuff coming from josh naylor and owen miller if uh that stuff happens so should also be worth noting that even though you named him your scrub of the week, at whatever point he finally struck out over the course of the past week, it snapped a streak of sixty plus plate appearances without one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one I, would never. My, my scrub of the week being Jose Ramirez was a little tongue in cheek. That was kind of the point. It was oh, this dude, like even when he's not hitting at all, is still like ridiculous and doing something incredible. Um, this is the part so, where we all sit here and say our real scrub of the week was Mike Trout, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was an absolute scrub. I mean, he basically got Joe Madden fired. Yeah, Ooh, that is the ultimate terrible. scrub move. Yeah, terrible. Bad job. Bad job, Mike Trout. We on this podcast think Mike Trout's not a good player. I think I speak for all of us when I say very genuinely and very seriously that Mike Trout is not good at baseball. We I all think that. Here. No one say anything. I okay. did for I did forget him when I mentioned that Jose Ramirez was the MVP. I think a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so no, of course Mike Trout's awesome. Um, anyway, I thought we could touch on the playoff odds a little bit. Uh, as it stands coming into today, Cleveland has a nineteen point one percent chance of making the playoffs um, per FanGraphs, and. Uh, you know, without looking at the breakdown, which you guys already have, what what would your intuition say about, like, do you think they're more likely to win the division or win the wild card? What would your intuition say? Honestly, with the way the division has gone, I would think the division would be higher than the, than the wild card, just because you're having to bank on teams like the Rays or White Sox or Astro, you know, whoever is out West that they're going to f- fall apart to get in the wild card. Those guys are, you know, those teams generally like the Red Sox are going to go out and trade for somebody for their bullpen. They're going to go out, you know, the Rays will make some underrated move to bolster their team that we never thought was going to work, but will absolutely be a game winner because that's what they do. But um, as for Minnesota or the White Sox, the White Sox farm system's tapped. There's nothing out there that they're going to be able to go out and get. They can, you can't trade for health. You know, uh, you can trade for other bats, but you can't trade for health. And um, so I, I think the division would be uh, much better chances than the wild card. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I was trying to bait you guys into saying the wrong thing and not that you would, but like, you know, we, we both know that that's not what you were thinking, Gribs. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I kidding. was absolutely thinking that the wild card would be a better chance. <laughs> no, no, no. I just. The twins are running away with a division. <laughs> no, no, no. It's interesting to me that uh, Fangraphs does have all four contending AL East teams as better than likely favorites to make the playoffs. Um, that seems unlikely to me. I don't know why. Like, I think. I think the Fangraphs odds are a little low on the wild card projection, um, just because like the A's are bad, the Rangers are bad, the Angels are apparently bad, the Mariners are bad. So it's basically like the AL Central teams and the four AL East teams. I guess it's looking like the Yankees might run away with the division, but I just thought that was kind of interesting that it was you know that they're that much more confident in the, the, the champs than the wild card. What, what do you, what do you, what say you, Ethan? I'm with Gerbs. I think the, by the end of the season, I don't think they'll make it, but based on how it sits right now, I do think their chances at the AL central crown should be significantly higher. Uh, Cleveland's in second place. Last I looked, this might've been a day or two ago, but they were four, four and a half games behind the twins, but it played eight, nine or 10 fewer games or something like that because of all they're the, half game, they're half a game out of the final wild card spot right now. Yeah. And they've played less than everybody. So you can take from that what you want, call it a moral victory right now. I think at the end of the day, this is still a developmental season which is more than fine. There's a lot of things to like looking around at this roster right now from what we've seen through, you know, about 40% of the season by now. Yeah. So, you know, all-star voting opened up today. We're approaching the, the midway point. I think right now they should be higher just because the twins aren't that impressive. You know, they're, they're leading the division. Yeah, they've got 30 wins, but I think it's all smoke and mirrors, especially with Buxton out. I don't know how sustainable they're going to be. The White Sox are a train wreck. Um, the Tigers and Royals combined are a supernova. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's not pretty say, behind them. What is What are they if the White Sox are a train wreck? I guess a supernova is a good good choice. Mm-hmm. A black hole that opened in a dumpster? I don't know. Like, it's yeah, it's like not pretty in Kansas City. Seven trains crashing into each other? Yeah. What is worse than a train wreck? A plane crash? Oh, probably. Yeah, people don't like plane crashes, though. I probably shouldn't have even said that on the podcast. We probably got seven unsubscribed clicks from me saying plane crash every single time I've said plane crash. We're going to go back to black hole in a dumpster fire, and we're going to leave it at that. Uh, you know, it's not all the Tigers' fault. They had some pretty bad injuries. Uh, you know, they're relying on Spencer, Spencer Torkelson to be something this season. He hasn't quite picked it up yet. They were going to roll with Riley Green. He got injured early. Their pitching's not doing what they want it to. The Royals are the Royals. Whit Merrifield's falling apart in front of our eyes while Bobby Witt, or, yeah, Bobby Witt Jr. transfers to, you know, young stardom. It's, I don't know what's going on with either of those teams. Yeah. No, I just... You uh, love to see it, though. You, yeah. Oh, my God, do you love to see it. Um, no, I uh, I just want to point out that the projections, uh, the, the playoff odds, which are slightly different than the projected standings, playoff odds, uh, just a little learning moment here, playoff odds, 
include strength of schedule while the projected standings do not. Uh, so that is interesting to know. The projected record on the playoff odds is 79 and 83. Last year, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they finished 80 and 82, I believe. Um, but the thing is, is last year it felt like, ooh, like, is this real? Like, nothing really feels real. We didn't feel like a year closer to a contending team. This year, it feels a year closer to a contending team. Like, there are real breakout performances. And I think this is what everyone was hoping for 2021. And guess what? It's a year late. But, like, the offense looks like it has some legit pieces. And pitching-wise, you know, we're going to hear more uh, from Farmer Ethan in a bit. But it's looking like uh, there are some really exciting young prospects down there. Uh, specifically, Daniel Espino. I mean, man, you can't say enough about his stuff. Um, and his physical uh, nature on the mound, just being just a big hoss, um, and and more guys below him. Uh, so, despite the fact that you know both this year and last year's teams feel like they're going to finish right around 500, one is just so much more hopeful than the other, and it's crazy how quickly uh, hope can turn like that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, and you know, if they, uh, if they continue around 500, who knows what they're going to do at the deadline? Uh, we'll see. Um, but apparently we're talking about the deadline now. Did you guys see this Jeff Passan piece, uh, that came out a couple days ago? I did, did not actually. No, I think he did 100. I saw the MLB.com one that had all of their. Okay. Well, no, Jeff Passan did like, I think it was either 146 or 148, but it was like, 146 names to know for the trade deadline sir it is the trade deadline is in august it is june friend there is more baseball left to be played than there has been played before the trade deadline (laughs) but the trade deadline is apparently what gets the clicks and what gets the people talking and we like getting the clicks and getting the people talking so maybe we should talk about the trade deadline just like every week until the trade deadline happens and then afterward we'll talk about next year's trade deadline We'll talk about the I mean, trades that didn't happen, <laughs> like we're Danny Ainge. Yeah, that's right. Talk about the, talk about how close they got to making trades. Yeah, that's right. That's a Danny Ainge. Some, it's a Danny Ainge shot. I don't care. Somewhere out there, Todd McShay is talking about the 2023 NFL draft. So <laughs> absolutely, you know, we're going to be the Todd McShays of the trade deadline. That's my yeah. that's my strategy for us to get that works. That crazy works followers. Yeah. August fourth, day after the trade that trade deadline, we're talking next year's trade deadline. Oh, absolutely, talking twenty three deadline, baby. All right, um, no, who do you guys want? Who do you guys? Who, what do you guys think the strategy should be in this deadline? Do you want to say? Do you want to say your name first? Me? Okay. Do you want to say cool. your name I first? Mean, I mean, you know, because we I have want. to. We have to say it. It's contractually <laughs> obligated. I don't know if you knew this or not. I've <sighs> yeah. made contracts and I made you all sign it. Um, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. The con- the contractual obligation to mention uh, Sean Cake Murphy at least it's once in the that, podcast. It's weird that we have contractual obligations for this thing that we're all doing for fun. Yep. Um, but no, yes, Sean Murphy, 
is a catcher, and the Cleveland Guardians have two catchers who aren't good. Uh, and they have some prospects who seem okay, but they're prospects, and it's like they're not top prospects. They're just prospects. So, you know, Sean Murphy is an established major league hitter. He's an established, well-regarded, above-average defensive catcher, and he is under team control for three or four more seasons. I don't have his Fangraphs page in front of me. Um, but this is a guy who absolutely, you know, he's on a team that fits with Cleveland's timeline in terms of being compatible trade partners. They, Oakland just needs people who could be good sometime soon. And Sean Murphy is good now, and he's under control for a while. That is exactly the kind of players Cleveland targets. You've heard the spiel a bunch. I don't know why I'm blathering about it. Uh, everyone knows Sean Murphy should be a guardian. Uh, it just makes too much sense. I'm going to try to make my, my best attempts at keeping him in Cleveland on Sunday. After the game, I'm going to try to just tie him to the clubhouse if I'm allowed in there. I saw Paul Dolan was in the seat either today or I think it was yesterday. He was like in the front row. I think it was during the game one. I think he, you just got a, I think you got a he, was he in an aisle seat? I couldn't tell. He, but he was in like. I got a wry smile out of Ethan on that one. I did not realize was, what you were doing. That was that was good. That was I good. got a wry smile out of Ethan. It went, so it went right over my head. That was all I needed. That was all I wanted. That was all I needed. So I appreciate yeah. that. No, he was not sitting in the front row. I feel okay. like that's that's related. Um, no, he um, he was sitting there. So I think you just need to count on the fact that he's going to be in the crowd again, and you just need to chew his ear off about how great Sean Murphy is and how, you know, they should give up prospects for him. For sure. I think it's if we are but, talking other kind of uh, players that we want for the Guardians at the deadline, um, if there is a sell-off in Kansas City, um, I know Whit Merrifield has been a long uh, sought after guy, but as as Ethan said, he's coming crashing down and and uh, and burning into the flames in the bottom of the black hole of the dumpster. But Andrew Benatendi uh, was a guy that I wanted after his Boston days, and um, a guy that I wanted to be in Cleveland, um, and he's done nothing but hit this year. And as much as I would loathe to give Gabriel Arias or uh, Tyler Freeman to Kansas City, that's I would I would love to see Andrew Penitenti blasting doubles off the uh, the mini green monster in left field for the foreseeable future. So um, that's that's a guy that I would uh, like to see because the as much as I'm enjoying the OG Oscar Gonzalez. Um, there still remains some question marks in the outfield. Steve Kwan has been struggling this year as he's going around his second and third chances and, and with teams. Um, we don't know what we have with Nolan Jones yet. They don't know what we have with um, Valera coming up. Um, and and Benatendi is a, is a guy that fits the timeline just as well as anybody else. And uh, I think there's an option. There's a possibility that Kansas City could be looking to deal him and getting him out uh, before the uh, the the season has come to an end. Ethan, you got any anyone in mind? It's okay. I didn't ask you to prepare this. 
I'm more of the opposite direction of guys I would rather see leave come the trade deadline. It, it doesn't matter how hot his bat gets. Ahmed Rosario needs to go. Yeah, I was going to say his name this franchise. Yeah, I was going to say does his name rhyme with Shamed Shoshario? Yeah, pretty much. You, you almost said it perfectly. But it, it's more guys that need to go, and it, it's the Ahmed Rosarios, the the Ernie Clements, the you know the really redundant guys when the team needs to make room for Tyler Freeman and Nolan Jones at some point this year, for Brian Rocchio next year, guys that are going to take those reps away. Those are the things that I want to see at the deadline. Now, at the same time, I don't know who you're going to be able to sell those guys to. I don't know what you're going to get in return because you clearly don't want more prospects, especially ones that are going to be Rule 5 draft eligible. But for sake of playing along with the game, if trade talks with Oakland were to break down in this hypothetical world where we go after cakes I think a perfectly acceptable backup option would be right down I-71 and Tyler Stevenson with the Cincinnati oh, yeah. Reds. Stevenson is like up there with with uh, with um, my guy Murphy is in terms of guys that you'd want. I'm completely 100% with you. Yeah, similar profile, another guy, pretty solid hitting catcher. Um doubles machine really great arm behind the plate developing his framing as receiving all of that he's gonna be a really good catcher in this league maybe not elite but really good for years to come and i think he's got three or four years of control left if not more and the reds being the fire sale and the where you're gonna go that they are i don't think it would take too too much to pry him away from the queen city yeah, I mean, it would probably take, you know, a good amount. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like it. I like it. I think, I think I would not be surprised if it took, like, at least a few legit prospects because you're talking but about – But you don't have to sell the farm for him. No, 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 no. And, like, I don't think they're going to sell the farm for anyone this year. They It's more about consolidation and adding to the major league roster, but not in a way that's, like, we're all in, baby – like they need to figure out who's going to be good still. So they need to hold on to some of their prospects. Anyway, it's, uh, was that? And they're not going to acquire a rental. No. Anybody no. that they, they give up assets even, for is yeah, going to be multiple years. Even when they have been in positions when they could do a rental, they pursue guys who have more uh, time. We're thinking Andrew Miller, for example, um, or, Jonathan Lucroy. Uh, thank goodness that that did not work out. Um, I'm so glad the last, he got to go to the winner that he wanted to. The last, that? Rental, yeah. I, the last rental I think they had was Jay Bruce, really, right? Yeah, Josh and that cost Donaldson. nothing. That's the only kind of rental they'll ever get is like this. Was like it Jay Bruce or Josh Donaldson? They were oh. both. Josh Donaldson was, but both of those, again, and they gave us yeah. their very little they, they acquired donaldson as an injury way or injury flyer and he played they're, maybe 10 games but yeah they're never going to be the team that like trades a lot for two months of like bryce harper services or anything like that no. right um, all right i think it's uh old mcdonald time uh farmer ethan with uh this week's prospect report what you got farmer i love nicknames so much i'm so <laughs> mad that i did not come up with this one <laughs> Farmer Listeners of the WFNY Cornercast, I beg of you, do not let that one stick. I, I'm a city slicker through and through. 
We are. I do not need to be called farmer. I am. Anything. I am firing up the Canva right now. It's Don't definitely you worry. sticking now. That's you the opposite. That is the opposite of how you get a nickname not to stick. Any yeah. You have to go with the like. Uh, I don't. I don't. It's fine. It's fine. If you're if, if you're indifferent to it, then it definitely is like. No, nah, I'm cool. That's fine. Right. But if I, you're I'm like, gonna... I hate it. I hate it with a fiery passion. It's like, oh yeah, well that's definitely what you're being called from now on. So I, I appreciate I appreciate the TED talk, but listeners of this podcast, if you are listening wherever you get your podcasts from, you cannot see my face. But I look like the generic hipster sitting in the corner of every Starbucks that you've ever walked into. Yeah, and I what do we all need... do? And guess what? You know what the most hipster thing is? Is is running an urban farm. That's what I'd say the most hipster thing is. Farmer Ethan. That's Farmer Ethan. Not a wrong, food. not a wrong point either. <laughs> you they, look. You just get provided the textbook. Like if in the sociology textbook, like the premier one. He's using my whole degree against me. <laughs> chapter three is how not to get a nickname to stick, and you like, or or how to get a nickname to stick, and you just like every box like. It's a picture of you in that textbook. I botched that joke. But anyway, Farmer Ethan, let's go. I'm going to charge you $850 for that textbook, and you're not going to pass the class. I'm going to keep it brief because there is a lot to talk about. But this week was a pretty big week for some prospects, and the DSL leagues have started back up. So a lot of international signees of the team the last few years who have come of age and come stateside are now uh, in Arizona, they're playing some games. They're working with Guardians coaches, coaching staffs. Um, there are also some promotions, some movement, and some very notable players to mention since the beginning of the season when we were working on the prospect preview series. But we'll start with the notable promotions uh, and some player movement. Gavin Williams, who is one of, I believe he was a 2021 first-round pick last year, correct? I believe so. Uh, Sounds right. Yeah, uh, he has been promoted from Lake County to Akron, so he will join that nasty rotation. Uh, the rotation of, of death. Logan. It is incredible what they are doing there, but we'll touch on that in a moment. Uh, Gavin made nine starts for the captains. He was 2-1 uh, and one with a 1.4 ERA. He went 45 innings. He walked 14, struck out 67. Uh, he had a whip under 1 and a 167 batting average against uh, he threw 64% of his pitches for strikes and didn't allow a home run. He now joins the double-A rotation that has been carving up minor league, or hit, minor league hitters. Uh, one that I like, just because I'm excited for him, um, he's, he's a long-shot prospect, but he is the other part of the Francisco Lindor return. Josh Wolf has been reinstated from his injury and has joined Lynchburg, uh, so he's out of extended spring training after rehabbing he will make a start presumably at some point this season he's a really young guy he's a long shot but i just really like his profile i think he's a lot of fun guy to watch for a couple of years now um those are the two big player movements but other than that it's really just players to watch um in AAA, tyler freeman has been back in action for about 30 ish games so far uh I've got 31 marked down here. He's off to a slow start. He's hitting 228, uh, just five doubles. He has hit three home runs, which is uncharacteristic for him. And something that I've learned while I was uh, 
digging up on him is that Tyler Freeman is apparently the next coming of Brandon Geyer. The guy just gets hit by pitches. He's been hit 11 times in 31 games this year. He was hit almost 40 That's times. A ridiculous amount. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. He it's was hit like I can't walk. I don't want to walk. I'd rather get hit by pitches than walk. He's so that's the funny thing. He's got 10 walks and 11 hit by pitches to 17 strikeouts. So it results to he gets on base more than he strikes out, which you'll take. I mean, he's hitting 228, but he's got a 340 on base percentage. You take it any way you can get it. Yeah. And he's only been playing for how long? He's been up for what? He missed a good chunk of time. Yeah, he's got 31 games under his belt so far. He's picked it up the last week. He's hitting 250. Uh, he's added a home run and some RBIs. And despite all of that, it's a lot of BABIP luck. Uh, he's got a 243 BABIP on the season. So he'll get there. Yeah, he'll he'll get there. It'll bounce back eventually. Despite all of that, he still has a 92 WRC+, plus, so he's not that far off from being a productive regular and is probably the next name up that the Guardians will call after the All-Star break, I assume. Uh, either for injuries or should they move somebody at the trade deadline. So Freeman, just a name to watch. Nolan Jones also came back this week. Uh, he's played two games so far. He went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts in his season debut. And then today, action concluded before the podcast started out in Indianapolis. Went 3 for 3, drew two walks, and hit his first double of the season. Wow. So that's we'll way reserve. better than 0 for 5 with 3Ks. Yeah, we'll, we'll reserve judgment on Nolan. It's, it's almost like there was some rust that he had to work through <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Now, I will say the thing worth noting with Nolan is that he has been playing right field with Columbus, which is something that they said they would explore for years. He played right field all of one game last year when he was healthy. So it seems like they're pretty happy with David Fry at third base. If he's going to get any chance to play in the big league club, it looks like it'll be as an outfielder. We'll see how that works out. But yeah, I'm, we know the story on Jones. He had a disappointing year last year. It wasn't even that disappointing. The book on him is that he disappointed last year. But dude was actually pretty good by the end of it. He started slow. But, uh, oh, my God. Every time I search for Nolan Jones on Fangraphs, I'm reminded of the great 1800s player who only goes by the name The Only Nolan. Are you guys aware of The Only Nolan? Is he related to the one and only Logan Allen? Probably. T-O-A-O. But like, if you look up, what was that? Yeah, exactly. But he's he's literally only known as the only Nolan, and it's amazing. I know. But anyway, Nolan Jones, uh, he has a one thirty. He had a one thirteen WRC plus last year, and that was disappointing because his WRC plus at each level. It, some of these have low at bat numbers, but I don't care. 118, 171, 147, 162, 157, 147. So 113, sure, disappointing. But also, it's a 113 WRC plus in AAA as a 23-year-old. He's, he's good. So, you know, the future is still bright, if not super, super high ceiling. Um, I'm a Nolan Jones guy. I, I'll, I'll stump for that guy. Um, I'm good with it. I, I think he's the... Uh the right-handed or the right fielder going forward that they're looking oh, that so. I think that's what they're hoping for, for him to yeah. be the right fielder of the future. Um, and, uh, and as Mitch has said in our uh, private side, if he, if he starts playing third and triple a, they're probably looking to trade him. Uh, yeah. Because if he, at, at that point, he, that's his, that's the position he is going to have the 
um, most uh, value for going forward. So, um, but yeah, if he's if he's going to be with the big club and, he, and they have eyes on him for the future, look at him playing right field in AAA. That's probably where he's going to play with the uh, with the big club, and and, if, and I'm okay with that. I'm as I said uh, earlier, I'm okay with trying to see. I don't think he has much more to prove at AAA. Like you said, he he underperformed, but it was still better than average at AAA, and and we're ready to see where he's uh where he's at so yeah he's still yeah. he's got a major league guy we know that yeah when i when i did my preseason profile on nolan and talking about him needing to rehab from that ankle surgery i said it then and i still abide by it now that he's the guy in the system that could benefit the most from a baptism by fire you know i i said it in the discord when i found out he was being reinstated and he would come back this week Give him 20 games to get up to speed and see enough pitches and get a little bit of extended spring training into him. Call him up. Let him see Major League Pitching. See what he's got. This is a guy that we know what he should be. And just because of some bad injury luck and, you know, despite being still an above-average player, he's just fallen off of anybody, anybody's top 100 board that you can imagine. Yeah. Well, Not the, that the- I agree with it. The worries of him are that he uh, won't access his raw power, right? Like, he's got massive raw power that he hasn't really hit for in games. And the hitting against lefties, it is uh, it is a real thing. He, he So he's in. Josh Naylor. Uh, Josh Naylor, except the opposite in terms of how aggressive versus passive he is. He is, like, the passive Josh Naylor. Gotcha. Because uh, he wa- – like you just, you just tell me raw power – and and struggles against lefties, and that's yeah. pretty much, you know, that's pretty close to uh, Josh Naylor. It's Josh Naylor if Josh Naylor were a three true outcome guy, essentially. Um, anyway, hey Gertz, have you seen uh, have you seen the movie The Water Boy? I have. Yeah, you know how like whenever uh, the mom says something like super country, like there's like a weird donkey noise in the background. I it's don't like, know hey, that I oh. I don't know that I've mentioned that I've noticed it. Okay. Well, next time I don't I've know seen if I movie, like where this is going. I like the, <laughs> I've seen that movie literally hundreds of times. And uh yes, anytime uh Anne oh my god, I can't remember her name. Anytime his mom says something it's Kathy funny, Bates. Yeah, Kathy Bates, of course. Um it's like a super like donkey noise and i think that's the intro we need to the farmer ethan segment i don't know why but i every time you say farmer ethan i just think of cotton eye joe but that's <laughs> my name so i can't be ethan no no i think we need good night everybody water from farmer ethan <laughs> anyway i think with that silliness it's uh time to call <laughs> it a day for this episode <laughs> It's getting, uh, it's getting late. It's what it's what that uh, is telling you. So it is. It got well, late this... early tonight, boys. <laughs> yes, and we still have like five innings of baseball to watch. Uh, anyway, this episode of the Cornercast, as always, is brought to you by Waiting for Next Year. You can follow Gerbs at at the Gerbs WFNY and Ethan at at Pop Punked Ethan P O P P U N K D E T H A N, and find both of their lovely writing at waitingfornextyear.com. You can also find me at ML Crawl on Twitter. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Go Guardians.
Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.